Hello and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure. Well done, Amy. The podcast where Kim and Amy bring yes, spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and possibly even recommendations for whatever we read that week. Amy. What'd we read? The thing here is that I've been thinking so hard about trying to hold together who wrote it and what the characters' names are that I keep forgetting. She's teasing me because I, I keep forgetting to we have to talk together yeah. and say the title or say my name and remember that I'm actually here. So there's only like three things you have to say. I know. Your and you keep dropping just, the dropping the intro. I'm board. like character names. Okay. You love so to give me such a hard time about the recap that... reviews and recommendations bit that I get wrong and now I feel like, ha ha, it's your turn. Carry well, on. okay. What did we read? We read The Luckiest Lady in London How by illiterative. Sherry Thomas. Correct. And this was not so much a recommendation, but Lorelai on Twitter recommended that we read some of the romance novels of Sherry Thomas. Because Sherry Thomas wrote the Lady Sherlock series, which yes. is really super popular. And is what she's probably most commonly known for. So. And that has also been recommended to us from Tara, who is a big friend of the podcast and lives in Canada. Yeah. So she actually wrote recently and was like, you guys should read this by Sherry Thomas. And yeah, so and I'd already got it out of the library. But so this one, I just Googled Sherry Thomas romance, romance novels yeah. and I picked what one was available at the library. Right. So. Because Lorelai did say that she felt that, yeah, that her romance, romance novels, novels kind of get overlooked. Yeah. So... This one is, you're going to do the spoiler-free recap, but I just want to start it by saying this is actually set in the 1880s. <gasps> that is super central and important. It's not. It it's, never is, no. but you always say it like it's like, this is groundbreaking. No, because I just think it is, but hey, shut up. I'm you making like so much too. fun of you and the today. Pair of us, you are. The pair of us are so big about like historical context. And when you sit there and you read a novel that's set in the Georgian time, the, everyone was a bit more like, you could get away with more morally yes, than in Regency. Could. And it's then true. knowing that it's in Victorian times, well, I don't remember which novel it was. Was it Bombshell where we were talking yes. about how the fact that it was at the beginning of the Victorian well, they era kept was quite talking about that all the time. To yeah, the yeah, context yeah, yeah. of that novel. Yeah, that which is why central. I like to say when it's set. Because I know, it just but I just don't a, think it was particularly... That important that for the important. drama that I delivered it with? Yes. Okay, and I don't right. think it was particularly central to this novel. I just remember being way. surprised because I assumed it would be Regency and I remember going, oh, at the end of the prologue, oh, it's set in the mid, in the bustles era. Okay. Different clothes. Gotcha. Much more bosom. So much bosom. Okay. Kimberly, break up us. Go. I'm so excited. I don't want to shock anyone and I'm so upset you saw my thunder, but this is set in the 1880s. Um, Do you need me to tell you the characters' names as well? I always forget. Laura? No, Louisa Louisa Cantwell. And Felix uh, Riverdale. But that's not what they call him because he's whatever, like he's the whatever of the Lord of Willow or something, blah, blah. They call him Felix and Louisa for most of it. They don't. She calls him my lord, your grace, or or by his title for a ton of it. Anyway, whatever. The bits I remember are not names, but rather like their kind of character things <laughs> and what's going on, that kind of stuff. So her deal is she is pretty unremarkable in terms of she is not particularly gorgeous, not particularly talented, not even particularly headstrong, but she is very committed to her family. And so her sister, she has quite a large family and not a lot of money and only sisters. So there's no one, like she hasn't got a brother or someone yeah. who's going to take care of and them. she's got two older sisters who will not marry. Well, no, there's an older sister who 
is quite beautiful and should marry, but had smallpox or something, and won't, and and leave had her like room had ever. like two tiny scars, and now is hiding from society because she's hideous. And she also the the sister she's particularly worried about right at the start is she has a sister with epilepsy, yeah, and she can't be, she won't marry ever, and she can't be left alone. So she is going to be a financial burden to whoever kind of marries and decides to start taking care of this family financially. Her other sisters will potentially marry in time, but she will always have to care for her younger sister who has epilepsy. And so she needs to marry. It's become really important that she find a husband, particularly after her older and much more attractive sister has kind of gone mental bonkers over these like slight smallpox scars. So she very much at the start is like, right. It's happening. It's happening. But I am totally ill-prepared to go out and make a really good financial match. I don't have enough going for me, so I'm going to need to, like, work pretty hard to create the version of me, like this facade of me, that will attract the right kind of mate. Yep. So she spends a couple of years, you know, I, the one I really love is she's like, I'm going to really need. She writes a list. Number she writes one, a bit of a list. Bust, bust improvers. improvers. And I really love that. And at one point in the book, it kind of comes up when, when they, like, get married and stuff. And she's like, I feel I have to tell you that I, I use bust improvers. And he's like, meh. So does everyone in the ton. And she's like, Woo, I have to make sure you understand that there's not a lot of me in what you're seeing right now. And he's like, what kind of percentage are we talking here? And she's like, this is probably 25%. <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God. And, yeah, just like those kind of things. I really liked that kind of moment. And um, she has some sort of, like, distant cousin who's sponsoring her. For, she's yes, like, I've who's got introducing, one season. Yes, intru- one yes season. and I absolutely have to get it done in the one season. Yeah, so she's kind of this perfect paragon of what ladylikeness needs to be. In, during her one season, she meets Felix, who is our leader man, hero person. And his backstory is he is the ideal gentleman. That's what he's called with capital letters. Yes. Ideal, capital, gentleman, Proper capital. And he has been the ideal gentleman ever since he inherited his title from his dad at 17. Mm-hmm. So basically the story... That his backstory that, again, you find out pretty early it's, on in the There's a separate prologue about him that yeah. just sets it up. He is an only child and his mother was beautiful and very, 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 very deeply loved by his father, like obsessively loved mm. by his father. But she was in love with someone else when they married. And so her father forced her to marry the man she didn't love but who loved her. And when she got pregnant pretty quickly with Felix, she intimated to her husband that perhaps Felix was not his. And that pretty much then sets the tone for his entire childhood, which was very manipulative. And she would dote, dote, dote on Felix, but it was all completely fake to make her husband feel horrendous that she loved this child because it was not his and mm. it put a wedge between him and his father. And But then whenever her fa- his father wasn't around, his mother wanted nothing to do with him because actually she he wasn't the child of her lover that she really actually did care deeply about. And so she actually didn't like Felix either. And so it was just a horrible kind of situation to grow up in. And upon their death, he was orphaned at like 17 and he decided that he would never love 
in that deep, deep way, but that he had also been taught the power of, I guess, a a pretty well-constructed facade Mm. that would allow you to control every situation. And so he learned how to do that, hence the The ideal ideal gentleman. gentleman. Also, he's well rich. Super rich. Like, that also helps, doesn't it? And attractive and single. Ideal, blah, 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 blah. blah, blah, blah. He's got it all. Yeah. So he meets Louisa and finds her very attractive. And she meets him and finds him very attractive. And the thing. And everyone's like, oh, he spent some. He spent yeah, time talking he's to really you. really careful because he kind of didn't intend to marry for another 10 years. And then he was going to marry some, like, young girl with no brain kind of thing. And so, yes, everyone's like, oh, he's interested in you. And she's like, he needs to back off because I there's no way he's going to marry me. And he's scaring off the suitors who actually. Uh, interested in me. me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he takes kind of this special interest in her because she has no interest in him. That's kind of their first spark. He's he's used to people kind of fawning over him and she finds him a bit, like, irritating. Yeah. Purely because of that. Not because he's not lovely and attractive and all those things, but because she's like, you are so far out of my league. I need you not to pay me any attention. You're actually getting in the way of the job I have to do this season, which is find, get one of these men to propose to me. Mm. And so that just makes him hang around her more. And attraction happens, blah, blah, blah. It's taking forever. I'm so sorry. I'm out of the, like quickness of doing this but they kind of have like a very strong sexual desire it's quite there's quite a lot she's of, very lusty she's very very lusty and very yes there's a lot of sex in this book oh my gosh what do they call it love banter <laughs> this was my favorite word in the history of all time he calls it love banter and i just thought there's a lot of love there's banter. a lot of love it's banter. layered with love banter so much love banter lusty so, layers of love banter there's quite a bit of love banter in the lead up to you know the kind of enticing yep. early flirty bits and he proposes that An so he researches yeah he researches her and is like i know you need to marry i know this is what's going on and basically says you could be my mistress i would set you up with a house and blah 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 I'd solve all your financial problems and then. you wouldn't have to be married which would be great and i'd only require your services for a couple of days a year at a house party a house that you'll party. attend mm. <laughs> and she kind of isn't opposed to that as an idea she's pretty pragmatic and again quite lusty so she just really wants to rip his clothes off and have a go. And right at the end of the season where he's kind of sure he's going to lose her and she's pretty much ready to accept his offer of being a mistress, he proposes and they marry. That is probably the first third of the book. Yeah, it's exactly a third. Yeah. So the rest of the book then is their marriage because obviously they still haven't resolved any of their personal kind of barriers to actually loving and being together. And... I think beyond that would be spoilers. I agree. I think it I is. I really do think beyond that is spoilers. Suffice to say, lots of things happen. Beautiful. All right. There's a house party. He, he, he hosts an annual house party. So they go straight from marriage back to his estate to then host like the post-season, post-London season house party. So every, So it's a very busy time after mm. that as well. The end. So sorry. I could not do that briefly. This is how I feel. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> It's a big day for, like, oh, being in each other's shoes. All right, well, true. ask me, ask me. <gasps> Amy, what were your thoughts about the luckiest lady in London? My thoughts are that it was too long. Quite long. It was like... Lots happened. A lot happened. That first third, 
I was got to the point where they marry, and I was like, "What? There's still all this book left." Yeah. And I, my overall feeling was that book needed to be a novella, <laughs> and a lot of the stuff because the second half, no, the second two thirds, but the remaining of the book, yeah, it's like fifty percent sex. There's a, There's a lot, lot of sex, sex scenes. And I didn't, I'll be honest, I enjoyed the first third. Yeah. I didn't enjoy the bits after they got married mm. because the approach he took. Damaged his character. It damaged, yeah, yeah it I did. Agree. It damaged his character. It was It was cruel. And it, it, it difficult... wasn't. It wasn't rapey. Like no, some no, of the no, books. no, no, no. So no, you know how sometimes we no. go, Ugh, we didn't like that. But he component. used some of the manipulativeness. It was definitely on her. manipulative. And and he used sex to make her feel small and to make her feel dirty and to shame her. Like that's I that's, felt... that's truth. She he used sex to make her feel. I felt ashamed. uncomfortable in mm, the t- remaining two thirds of the yeah. book, and then he had a the, long way to come back. Sort from. of. I felt. It sort of resolved just through lots and lots and lots of sex. Mm. And that was how they came to terms with each other. And that didn't feel like they'd actually come to terms with each other. So You were like, there could be a sequel to this book where it all falls apart again because you've actually solved nothing. Yeah, I liked that first third. Mm. And I would actually have been happy for there just to have been like a few more chapters after or something. And it Mm. to have been like a really short, not very deep novella. Yeah. And I would reread that because the first third was quite fun. It was quite fun, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is going really well. But as soon as they get married and they go back to the house and they start love bantering. Well, it's once they act on the love banter. It was emotionally unpleasant to read. Yeah. So... I mean, I get where they were coming from in terms of, like, the way they'd set his character up. I know, the but... The deep-seated fear of, of properly loving, and he didn't feel like he loved until they were married and together and blah, blah, blah. But I think that that's, that's one thing. But then to try, like, he could have just... He didn't have to be ...gone cruel. away or yeah, cold he didn't shouldered have to be cruel. her. He made yeah, a deliberate right. choice yeah. to be cruel and to use... And to belittle her. Yeah. Yeah. And it just was... It was so horrible. Unlikable. Yeah, and it was be- really horrible. Because of that, I don't... I recommend the first third and then send it back to the library. So overall, yeah. you know, I don't recommend the book. That's fair. Will it stop me trying to read more Sherry Thomas? No, because this wasn't a well-targeted pick. It was just the one at the top of the list and I liked the alliterative title. So I was like, oh, yeah, let's do that. (laughs) So I'll give Sherry Thomas another go, but I won't reread The Luckiest Lady in London. Yeah, that's fair enough. I get Mm. where you're coming from. What did you think? I didn't enjoy the second half of the book either, but mostly because it felt – I agree with you that it was too long – and it felt – I don't like those books where it's – we're on again, off again, on again, off again, on again, off again because – and it's a modern sensibility because in this era when you were married, you were married, that was it. It was done kind mm. of thing. But when you're that on again, off again, on again, off again, it just probably isn't right. Like it's probably like you both should just probably walk away. Do but you know what I mean? that could have been a narrative. Yeah. Her walking away yes. or and him then even, walking even away. Her walking away 10 years later. You know what I mean? And then the story is lots of water under the bridge has happened. And, or like when we read The Desperate Duchesses, 
yes. series, and, and one of those like love stories later. was actually about a couple that had got together, it had all fallen apart really quickly, and then this was seven they years later with them finding each other. each other. And I think that they were well – I think the characters were well-matched, and I think – In this novel? Yeah, yeah, in this novel. They yes, were, they were really, really well-matched for each other. I enjoyed the first third because and I of think that. that re- and I think that they complemented each other yes. really well, and – I thought like the bit where he the bits where he let her down the first one was way too much again it's the one we're talking about where it was like cruelty and manipulation and like mm. belittling and shaming and it was so horrendous and opposite to everything that they had set up as kind of like the parameters of their relationship up to that point the foundation of their relationship up to that point I was a bit like taken aback me too I didn't actually expect it to, me neither. to it be was kind of quite horrible. such a, it was like this cliff and suddenly yeah. so you didn't expect the cliff it was and like a that sinkhole thing... that opened up yes. that you didn't see coming and it's that thing where you go I understand what you're saying that he was raised by people who were cruel and had this horrible horrible example set for him about what it was to be a person and how you treat other people and blah, blah, blah. But these books are kind of built on a foundation of even through all of that, while it might make me a bit hesitant to trust or hesitant to love or whatever, deep down I'm a good person. Yeah. What he does to her after they're married makes me be like, oh, maybe you're just not a good person. Maybe the way you were raised has resulted in actually you're not a nice person. And that makes it hard to buy into and their to, happiness. To come and, back to like yeah, a resolution exactly. and be satisfied with that as a reader. And then, yeah. again, you could have resolved that and finished the book, but they don't. They resolve that by just time and then he feels bad and then they have more sex and it's kind of done. But then there's like another point towards like the last third of the book where it's like <laughs> she wants to learn mathematics oh where he's got to teach her mathematics but they're not friends at this point because he told like yeah he, he lied to her and she is but like, it was I... like not yeah it was like it's not again it's an example of him not being a very nice person but it kind of I, I and i think the problem for me was in any other book and any other context yes that might have been a real obstacle but if you've got over what he did to you at the start of your marriage and you've reconciled that, how are you upset about the lie? Like, the lie is nothing compared to what you've already forgiven. Yeah. So, I don't know. That, for me, I'm like, how? why are we doing this again? We don't need another obstacle to them just actually being together and the book being over. So, yeah, look, I would say I found this book problematic. Yeah. I liked bits of it. I thought it had some really great components. I think there were some really key tactical errors in the yeah, plotting good, good of this book. Yep. And as a result, I found it pretty hard to engage with. You had to I had to turn off a lot of a lot of those things that usually are like total barriers. But we will say very quick to read. Super quick. We could only get hold of a large print copy. And it's the um, graphic design of that was it? quite confronting when you're reading <laughs> Lusty, also, lusty description in no, very and, big size. And straight <laughs> up, I will say, it is um, because it's it's self-proclaimed like it's part of her character that she's like very sex-driven and kind of up for anything. And again, in a pragmatic way, she's like, I created a complete facade of myself to get someone to marry me because he outwardly is like, what was your plan when, like, when you married one of these men and they found out that you were nothing like what you had presented. It's only 20% you yeah, and the only, rest is yeah, bust exactly. improver. She's, and she was like, I just, 
plan to sex them into submission. Like, I was just prepared to literally do anything. For a book that was very much like that, I found it much easier to read than other books that we've read that were more yes. sex than I was into yeah. and kind yeah. of – and even Bombshell, which we've read recently – their love banter, I couldn't handle their love banter. Like, it was too serious. This love banter, in the fact that they call it love banter, which I love, it's awesome, Has is totally tongue-in-cheek. Like, yeah. it's very silly. And so there were moments that I laughed at. Like, there were moments that were terrific. In the first third, the mood changed very, very significantly for me once I got married. And it was so disappointing, I yes. think. And I was and settling in for a sort of something that I could laugh at yeah. that had moments of like relationship tension, but where I could still Have continue to like both of the characters. And then it went into disappointing territory. Yeah, it was disappointing. Mm-hmm. Whereas I find other ones that we read and I don't recommend or don't enjoy or whatever... It's from the outset. It's from it's it. pretty much from the outset that <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is not going to be my cup of tea. Whereas this, yeah, this one feels a little bit like you were tricked because you were you do get quite sucked in by the delightful beginning bit, which, and I kind of agree with you. I would like to engage with another one by her in the romance kind of sphere because I do think it is a misstep. I think it was... It might have been. I don't actually know when it was written. It might be an early one, but please, if you you do really like Sherry Thomas romances, can you please recommend us one that... A specific one. A specific one, and I'll very happily read it. Me too, because I really loved those characters. There was a lot to like in this book. Yeah, so I also wouldn't... Mm. I wouldn't recommend it, but I say that, again, same as you, with the caveat of... I want, I think, I, I can I see. I want to like it. <laughs> I can see that she would write them and I would really like them. Yeah. I can see that she speaks the, like, creates the kind of characters and has the cool, witty dialogue that I enjoy and all that kind of stuff. But, yes, this one was not the one. Yeah. I would not recommend that people read this unless you're like, wow, this sounds really weirdly problematic and I want to get in and have a look, by all means. But go in knowing that I did not find it satisfying. mm bit disappointing. Hmm. Well, look, if you like lots of sex scenes and that's just what you want to read, go for it. At any rate, so trash. Yeah, I I you have to try reread it. No, god no. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Is it? See now you were thinking about what else do we say about trash? Yeah. No, no, my so brain was off on a little tangent. It is very late at night. It is very late at night. So, is that it? That's it. That's it. That's all we have time for. Thank you so much for joining us once again. We really, really value you spending your time with us. And join us again next week when we will bring you another spoiler-free review, recap, recommendation. Yeah, maybe. maybe. It will be a recommendation. Maybe, yes. Maybe. Gosh. And until then, of course, happy, happy reading. reading. And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.